General Kenobi. Hello there. Thank you for listening to episode 21 of Hello There, a Star Wars podcast. We actually, we're not going to count this as an episode, actually. So episode 21 will be next week. This is kind of a stealth drop. Episode two commentary, because we were actually planning on doing uh, a spoiler cast for Master and Apprentice and maybe sneaking in uh, Dooku Jedi Lost as well. But uh, Nate and I actually had time to do a full on commentary, which we usually don't have two and a half hours to block off. Uh, so we figured we might as well do that this week. So episode 21 will be next week. Um, and also next week, we want to follow up on some uh, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga, and Jedi uh, Fallen Order news that came out immediately after we published last week's episode. Um, so we'll follow up on that next week as well, specifically the fact that the uh, Lego Star Wars games are not going to be the uh, the same as the old Lego Star Wars games. It's going to be some kind of re imagining of something so we'll get to that next week though this week is a commentary track for star wars episode 2 attack of the clones as always i'm anthony palm and i am always joined by nate hicks yes uh yes hello there so i'm excited for this one because you hate this movie it's okay okay you're i'm gonna change your mind now you're putting ports in my mouth i don't hate this movie but if i have to look at the skywalker saga in terms of in just in general all the star wars theatrical movies this one always tends to be on the bottom of my list now i will put a caveat in there after listening to dooku jedi lost i am a lot more ex- i am way more excited to watch this movie again having that knowledge from that book and just to kind of see where it goes. And that's the thing that I find very interesting about star Wars content in general is, which I love. And it's also one of those weird kind of things like star Wars is the only um, piece of fiction that I can think of that puts out content years later that can make a original piece of content better, hopefully in my opinion, but like the, a lot of the stuff that was in Dooku Jedi Lost makes me think about episode two in a different way. And I'm like, huh. And keep in mind, I haven't seen this movie since 2015 when I first showed my wife all of these movies. So it's been oh, see, it's weird for me because and I don't know why, because when someone asks me, like, what's my favorite trilogy? I'll still kind of instinctively say the original trilogy. But I rewatched the prequels the most out of any of the three trilogies, at least so far. Obviously, sequel trilogy is not complete, but um, I like I rewatch episodes one, two and three the most. So it's it's like a weird thing for me. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's almost like comfort food uh, for the prequels. So, yeah, I, I'm really excited to go through this movie with you because we did Phantom Menace. And, um, you know, we both kind of agree that we both enjoy that movie a lot. And um i think that it definitely gets way too much stick 
And I think that it does a lot for Star Wars. It's just not what people were expecting coming off of Return of the Jedi. Um, but it kind of recalibrated the world of Star Wars. And so this movie, <laughs> this movie, people just don't like it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, some of the some of the dialogue is kind of stiff. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that the, there aren't problems with this movie or there aren't flaws with this movie. But the stuff that is there that is good, I think, is great. So, um, so let's get into it. You and I are both zeroed out on our PlayStation fours. We uh, we skipped the first. We're watching the Blu-ray version. We skipped the first of the uh, the Fox fanfare. So we will be watching the second of the Fox fanfare because that's the one that is actually in the timeline of the 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 Blu-ray. So. we're going to count down. So are, are you ready? Your, play, your control is on? Yep. Good to go. Just want to make sure your control is on. Uh, so we're going to, I'm going to count down. Three, two, one, go. So, and for those listening, if you want to line it up, if you want to listen on, on its own, that's cool too. But we're going to get started right here. So three, two, oh, wait, hold one. On, hold on, hold on. Oh, I, I did it when you said it the first time. <laughs> Oh, I was saying that's what I was going to count down. So. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead. Are right, you zeroed out? I'm zeroed out. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. Fanfare's playing right now. Do you agree with everyone else where they're like, God, I missed this in the sequel trilogy? Or do yeah, you it's-, it's it's really noticeable for me. Yeah. It was, it was very weird having a cold open for Force Awakens specifically. Yeah. Like I, I was kind of, I knew what I was going into with, with uh, last Jedi before Force Awakens. Like it was, it was very strange, just a cold open. Yeah. Cause the, the fanfare kind of, kind of bookends it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now we're at the title crawl. Lowering my audio a little bit. Cause it's a little loud. Episode two, Attack of the Clones. So this title crawl. I I don't know. Do people hate it as much as they hated the Phantom Menace one? Because the the Phantom Menace title crawl, it's like it's about taxes. No one wants to know about taxes. Uh, But this one, like it's pretty much telling you, like there's a galactic civil war happening. Uh, You know, it's, it's saying straight up like Count Dooku is leading a band of separatists and the Jedi Knights have to try and defuse it. And well i guess the jedi knights are kind of just trying to maintain peace um you know what i mean like it's it's saying like amidala she's a senator now she's not a queen she's trying to figure out a way to do it diplomatically some people are pushing to get an army of the republic that the jedi are overwhelmed you know so it's i don't know what could what people could have an issue with with that title crawl it's telling you everything like i I feel like it's in line this one i think is in line with the original trilogy i think it was the episode one title crawl that was kind of like well that's not what i want us to be about yeah here's the thing like in retrospect if people love clone wars but have a problem with the issues that they raise in these theatrical movies and the prequels then i think that's unfair i don't think the i don't think clone wars fans are the ones complaining about the prequels (laughs) To be fair, that's fair. That is that is that is very fair. Yes, that's true. People who just watch the movies alone probably are like, "Oh, this shot's beautiful." Like, I love this. I shot. love the way that this. So we're looking at that Dorme's ship, who, who we think is Padme, uh, and it it's that shiny like metallic, but 
it's kind of patina almost. So it's kind of cool looking. I, yeah. I really I really love the Nabu look of like the chrome and um you know like even even the the Nabu starfighters have the chrome on the fronts of them. Yeah. I like I love the, the shot too with with the, yeah. with the fog. It's so cool. I like the almost back-to-back shots we get of Coruscant. We get this where it's kind of peaceful and tranquil above the clouds and then immediately 20 minutes later you have the hustle and bustle of the nighttime city. That's I what really I, well, cool. I can't wait to get to that scene because that's one of my favorite parts of all of Star Wars. I've got a little funny anecdote, a little story when we get to that too that I'll, I'll tell you guys. So what's really cool about this movie specifically is that three books that we just read, or at least two of you read and I, three I read, uh, add a lot to this movie because like I just fin- I, I watched Queen Shadow, so like I know who Corday is. Is it Corday or Dorme? Corday, right? And then Dorme is the one later on. Oh, explosion. There we go. Zam Wessel trying to take out the senator. Um, yeah, so Queen Shadow, like it really, like you learn, like you get to know all of Padme's handmaidens. And so it's like now this death actually means something to me. Whereas before yeah. it's just like, oh, this is a random handmaiden. Yeah, Corday. <laughs> but so now it's like after reading Queen Shadow, it's, uh, it's like, oh, like I knew Corday. That sucks. Um, and so, okay, a big issue that I have with this movie, which I'm okay with now after the fact, but back in 2000, what, 2001, this came out, 2002, 2002, 2002. Um, because it was three years, I'm thinking Fellowship. Uh, back in 2002, I was like, why is this Panaka? Or why, no, why is this Typho? Like, why isn't it just Panaka? I was like, like, it's just unnecessary to make another character. But like, in retrospect, like, yeah, it's eight years later, I guess panaka would be old uh and in queen shadow again it does kind of like it does detail and it was it was confirmed previously but you know confirms that um that typho is his i think his nephew panaka's nephew now i love this scene in the in palpatine's uh senate room the fact that he has these like wall like these these light fixtures on his wall that look like vulture droids is just comical to me. And I don't know if it was a conscious choice by George Lucas or if it was just a weird coincidence, but it's like literally this guy has vulture droids on his wall. How do you not know who he is? Yeah, exactly. See, you know, you noticed how like they zoomed in on Yoda at the beginning of the shot to show you, hey, we didn't do a puppet anymore. We did a CG, CG character. Yeah. So who do we have in this shot? We yeah, got, Mace, we Windu. Got Bar- Mace Windu, Yoda, Barisafi, um, Plo Koon. Plo- is Plo Koon in there? Yeah, yeah he's right there. Uh, Kiati Mundi. And who was Barisafi's, uh, who was her master? Master? Oh... I like I know it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. Uh, Luminara. Yeah, yeah, Unduli. Luminara yeah. Unduli. Yeah. And then there's, there's Masamada in the background. There's Karen Knightley. Yeah, I forgot she was in this again. No, she's like, not Karen Knightley. Yeah, that was Karen Knightley. That's Corday or Dorme? Yeah. No, because she plays Sabe in the first movie. That looked exactly like Karen Knightley. Nah, I'm pretty sure it's not. You know what's funny? Like I'm looking at the CGI. Maybe it's just because on my monitor, but the CGI for Yoda in Episode One that they redid for the Blu-rays feel I feel like looks better than the one in Episode well, yeah, Two because they did it after the fact. Yeah, that's not that's not Karen. Well, yeah, because they did it in like 2000, like 11, 
2011 versus this was 2000, probably 2000, probably 2001, maybe, uh, you know, in pre-production or, you know, post-production. I don't remember Palpatine looking this old in episode two. So it's interesting. This is actually a cool story. Before George Lucas decided to have Palpatine look old because of the lightning in Revenge of the Sith, they were going to slowly age him up. And if you'll notice in Revenge of the Sith, he actually looks younger than he did in Attack of the Clones because they were they decided to instead of just naturally aging him to actually make him look old because of the, the force lightning saps it out of him or or, you know, there's there's a bunch of theories on what happens with that, that the force lightning reveals his true identity. But either way that they saved it for that moment. There's good old Hayden. I love Sorry. the way that Obi-Wan just kind of like it gives just a slight little chuckle right there. Yeah. Um, yes, you are right. That is Rose Byrne. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's not your Yeah, I was like, wow, why do I recognize her? Sabe still? is still alive in the timeline right now. She's just on Naboo, I think, or something. Or she might actually be on Tatooine, but that's like go read Queen Shadow. I gotta reread it. And here we have Jar Jar back again. And see, I like this. Like it's it's just genuine. Like it's it's a friend that he that he knew from years ago. It I, I don't know. I just characterize well, especially I because like. especially because Jar Jar's probably out of his element on Coruscant. Yeah. And he's like, oh, a friend, like a real friend. I love the subtlety of like how sad Dorme looks. For like just every scene that she's in so far, Dorme just looks so sad. And it's like, yeah, because Corday just blew up. And it's like that was one of her best friends, you know. So that that line where she says, "My goodness, hold on, hold on. yeah, hold on, right here." When she says, "You'll always be that little boy on Tatooine," that's like just put a dagger in his heart already. Yeah, that's like, like a that's like a <laughs> friend zone immediately right oh, here. Brutal. Now, what do you think of Obi Wan's mullet in this movie? I like it in like, this movie, but man, he's like peak Obi uh, in episode three. I mean, I hate it. I hate the mullet. I hate it. <laughs> like, I'm, I just, I love the fact, like, thank God he got it in Revenge of the Sith. My God. <laughs> I love the shot of Padme as Obi-Wan and Anakin are arguing. And she's like, she's just like, uh. And even that shot of Jar Jar where he just like has an awkward like throat swallow. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, uh, should this been a should this have been a conversation in the elevator up, maybe? Now I really enjoy the fact that Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of butt heads. And Obi-Wan is kind of like, I don't want to put my foot down on you, but I have to. And then Padme tries to defuse it, of course. But, um, you know, I really like the evolution through the movie of like Obi-Wan be like struggling to be his master. And it's like Obi-Wan wasn't supposed to be his master. You know what I mean? Like Qui-Gon was supposed to be. And so Obi-Wan is battling with, you know, being a good Jedi himself, but then also training Anakin to be a good Jedi, but also not being too hard on Anakin because he knows his emotions and all that. So it's just kind of I really like watching the struggle of Obi-Wan throughout you know, episode from yeah. episode one through really four when he finally meets Anakin for the last time, you know. Now, like having just listened to Jedi Lost, um, 
and seeing like just this brief amount of Hayden, like I can see the comparisons between young Dooku and young Anakin, like just feeding on their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely got a lot of that, especially like the ending of Jedi lost. I was like, I did not see that coming. I didn't either. I'm kind of, I don't know how to feel about that one. The the ending, the book I loved in general, but the ending, I was like, Okay. I liked I liked the ending because it shows like and and Jenza even said and we're kind of getting the spoiler territory there. We'll get back to the movie, but I just like the fact that Jenza even points out like Palpatine has just totally 100% corrupted Dooku. Yeah. And, like he he basically goes against everything he stands for because of the dark side. I love this Jedi outfit that Obi-Wan's wearing. Yeah. What's with really the, different with, like, about the brown it? Brown boots. What's is it? Is it really any different from the third one? No, I just saying. I just I like. It. Mm. Yeah, I just, I just like the design of it. I love the way Anakin just keeps challenging him, and Obi Wan's like, "Dude, like, why do you keep challenging me?" He's like, and yours are when he's talking about your senses aren't attuned. So we have Zam Wessel. What I don't get is like, Django couldn't just do that himself. Like he, so he puts the the demon serpent things in. Like he gives them to Zam, and then Zam puts them in a droid to go bring them to Padme. It's like, well, it's it's the same thing. Maybe like so he couldn't get traced. I guess. Yeah, it's the same thing with Dooku. Why Dooku wanted uh, with the whole thing with the. Uh, with the clones, he wanted it to be like, no, Sifo Dias, like, I'll still fund this, but Sy- I don't want to be involved. So I think it's the same exact thing. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about Jedi Lost. So how do you feel about Anakin's uh, Padawan Saber? Um, I think it's close enough to what he ends up with in the next movie. You know, like the one that eventually gets passed on to Luke and then Rey. Um, so I don't dislike it. I mean, they just had to give him one to get rid of. You know what I mean? See, it looks more like relating back to Vader to me. Like it's very identical to Vader's. Very identical. Which I think is cool because it makes you think like, oh, Vader had to reconstruct a lightsaber. He reconstructed the saber he first had. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. These worm demon bug things always freaked me out. Yeah, they're especially like the noise that they make when they plop down. I gotta give them credit because they're because they're CGI creature. Well, that might those might be animatronics. I'm not sure, but I mean for the most part they're CGI. Yeah, and the noise they make when they plop down, like they actually have a weight to it. Where like a lot of CGI things that fall don't have like that's that's usually what throws CGI things off to me is like when like there's a moment in Revenge of the Sith where like a tank flips over and it just feels like the weight is off on it, so it doesn't feel realistic. But those bugs, when they plop down, it's like, ugh. Yeah. I also like that it's like trying to imply that these bugs are force sensitive. And they like, they like just dodge R2 sensors. I like this part right here. It's very minor. But like they're having a conversation and they're just they're having a dodge. very important conversation about Palpatine that gets cut short because of this. And he just runs in like, Ba-pow! that was one thing I remember even as a kid noticing immediately from this movie was how much better the lightsabers looked. 
I just love this part. Uh, Obi Wan is like, I'm gonna dive out the window. <laughs> Obi Wan is like, follow as I say, not as I do, because he just jumps straight out a window <laughs> on like a thousand story high building. I love this music too. The the yeah. Sam Rockwell chase music. I think the thing that people hate the most about this movie is just it seems to be the one that's over CGI'd. Like, because that's what I think too. Anytime well, I go yeah, back, yeah, but to I watch. mean, when 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 a good amount of it takes place on a planet that is covered by an entire city, it's like, well, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. Right. I love the designs of of Coruscant. Oh, I do too. I love Coruscant. I'd never have a problem with. And a lot of it is like matte paintings in the background and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it is green screened. Yes. But it's, you know what I mean? Anakin's following up to Obi-Wan in the speeder. And Zam's like, uh, what? <laughs> she has her thermal goggles on and she's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's not supposed to be coming back with this droid. We didn't any, we didn't get anything else about Zam and like any other piece of content, did we? We might have. I'm not sure. Oh, I never noticed that she put the rifle like right on the speeder and it just fell into the ship. Yeah, cool. I don't know why I never noticed that either. Like I never noticed that it goes into the speeder. I always like knew she put it somewhere. But yeah, I don't know. I'm sure we got like probably a comic with Zam Whistle or something. Because I think she might have been in Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the game, but that's obviously not canon now. Your Obi-Wan's climbing on the speeder. (laughs) I do like their banter. I like that Anakin gives like an actual explanation when Obi-Wan was just being rhetorical. Yeah. I love the sound design, too. Oh, my God. The sound design on the speeders and the pod racer in episode one. It's like it's all, it's all just so good. It's Ben Burt, right? The sound design. Yeah. Well, he's he's the sound. He's the sound director. I don't know if he did the sound design for. Oh, right, right. But he's the director. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just sounds so. Like it's. It really does sound like a muscle car, but in the future. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. You know what I mean? And see, see, like listening to Master and Apprentice, I see why he has such a hate, why he has such a fear and hate of flying from that last scene. And the <laughs> see, yeah, like he says, I don't mind flying, but you're doing a suicide. But even in episode three, he goes, "Well, oh, flying's for droids." Yeah. Well, like he used to like flying, and then that last scene in the Master and Apprentice where he went on autopilot, he's like, "I don't want to fly again." <laughs> So I think the Blu-ray version of this that we're watching was actually recut because I think that some of these scenes were moved around for some reason and that the music actually doesn't line up at this part, which is strange. Like they didn't edit the music because they edited the scene. Yeah. I also love that that implies that Anakin has previously flown through power couplings. Yeah. (laughs) 
the uncertainty in his voice. This is a shortcut, I think. Like, I just want to, I just want to, like, live in this world. Not, like, really, but, like, I want, like, I just want more content in Coruscant. Yeah. That's why I love Star Wars Bounty Hunter so much, because, like, a lot of it's in Coruscant. This is great, too. Yeah. And it can just, like, he's, like, you can see how strong he is in the Force, that he's just like, all right, see you later. He just jumps out of the cockpit. So this is the story I have. When I was a kid, I went to go see this movie. I went to like this Christian like school or whatever. And so I remember seeing this and I went to the next day and I was telling my friends, I was like, oh, there's this part I loved. And I said that dialogue and there was this little girl behind me that goes, "Ooh, I'm telling you said hate. And I remember like as like a kid, I looked at her. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Go on somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Move that's, along. Move not, along. <laughs> that's not an experience I had as a kid, but that's 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 interesting. Yeah, I went there for like kindergarten or something like that. It wasn't very long. Oh, and that shot of seeing Zim like as a as a changeling, like in the light. Like yeah. almost in like the reflection. See, I liked that part right there where he used like the way he used that saber. It was very like just unorthodox. Yeah, his his saber is is pretty cool. It is a com- kind of a combination of of the Vader saber and the the Luke saber. It's one of those things I just never really paid close attention to it. Like I have noticed in the past, but I just don't think about it often. See, as a kid, that was the thing that I used to pay the most attention to was like the little easter egg stuff like um i think it's yeah it's in revenge of the sith you can see the falcon flying in yep yeah and, you know stuff like that and the sabers was the thing i was the most fascinated by you know seeing the different seeing the different ones and focusing on it we got a bit there got a couple rodians yeah now so that's the issue a- i have with the sequel trilogy is like they've abandoned a lot of the classic aliens species it's, you know it's like, like not it's really like they- any bits there's no rodians it's all that weird guy with the long face yeah, they they like really tried to like focus back in on actual like prosthetic and animatronic creatures, but, but all those like, classic creatures focused... were animatronic and yeah. and prosthetics in the original trilogy. So it's just weird that they abandoned them. Yeah, I just love just look at all like this the le- the neon lights and the signing and you know like it's all the marquees simple. and everything and yeah, it's very like cyberpunk. Yeah, that's that's why I love Coruscant. It's very cyberpunk. It was cyberpunk before cyberpunk. You know what I mean? Yeah, the game. I mean, obviously the genre. I don't know how long. I don't know how long the genre has been around. God, Obi Wan Saber is my just favorite. A, just a little, a little over the top with his. Uh, why do I have a feeling you're going to be the death of me? It's like, that's yeah. a little on the nose. <laughs> I love this droid soccer they're playing in the background or droid football, whatever it is. So we're in the cantina. It's not really a cantina. It's more a club. 
Now, is that actually Obi-Wan's saber from the first movie? No, I think he, it looks similar to it, but that I think got he kicked remade down it. the shaft. Yeah, yeah, no, he remade it. And episode two, he designed it. He had to rebuild one and he kind of designed it a little bit more like Qui-Gon's. So like the actual right. like grip part is a little bit more longer. See, like I kind of always wished that he had used Qui-Gon's and just changed out the Kyber crystal. You want to buy some death sticks? I don't want to sell you death sticks. <laughs> I love the way the the guy like does a little thing with his fingers, like he like puts it away by like yeah. doing a little like magic trick. Was always that always got me. Did you notice Jar Jar in the scene before that? The actor for Jar Jar. Yes, I'm at best. Yep. Yeah, I did know that actually. I was looking at him too. I was like, I know who that is, but like I couldn't like think of it. And then you saying it, yeah. Got a Aqualish wearing like a weird boxy thing in the background. I loved. I I love. Just anytime we get to go to a cantina or a club, even Canto Bite, I know I complained about Canto Bite, but the actual casino part of Canto Bite is great. Yeah. This scene must have been so fun to shoot as like an extra. Yeah. Oh, there is a. There is a hand on the ground. Uh, who's what's C-3PO's name? I don't remember. Anthony. Anthony, Anthony Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, he yeah. was in there, too. Yep, he's right there. I wonder if this small Rodian was uh, Warwick Davis. <laughs> now, the way that Anakin's lip like quivers when he's like, tell us now. It's like that. It's like, all right. It's like one of the that's one of the subtle things that people miss about like him acting in this movie. Now, what I don't get is like, why did Django shoot the dart at her? Why didn't he just shoot a, bla- a laser bolt at her, like a blaster bolt? Oh, it's for, now it's for he gets tracked. Yeah, it's. No, sp- I'm just saying, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like, all right, Django, come on. Yeah, Talk this is the part of the movie. This is the part of the movie I do like, where Obi decides, like, when he's starting to investigate everything. Detective Obi Wan is so good. People underrate how great the story of Detective Obi Wan is. So now we get to see the Jedi Council again. This snake guy in the background, I can't remember his name, but he's like always. Oh, we got Coleman Trabor in the background, the dinosaur looking guy. So I have a thing where like in movies, like when they do like a force, like um, that, like vignette effect like in TV, older TV shows, like NCIS, I can't stand it. Like, I don't like that kind of, they have that same sort of um, thing here when they're standing against the, the background where it's like this, like really bright light shining against them and it blurs them out. And it's kind of weird looking. Yeah, they really did make Palpatine look so old in this movie, especially compared to the next movie. Which, yeah, like, I'm glad that they did that because that really doesn't make sense because, granted, he's probably like Yoda where he can, you know, he's probably so strong that it doesn't matter. But, like, by the time that Return of the Jedi comes or even Empire, it's like, how old is this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're you're thinking in terms of just general mortality. Right, right, right. I mean, he definitely lives longer than he should because of the dark side, of course. But, yeah, I know what you're saying where it's like. 
I think he's like in his fifties, or he's like supposed to be in his fifties in in the the prequels. Well, because it's eight years later from Phantom Menace. Yeah, but even still, he wouldn't look that old. I eight love years this later little floating platform. You yeah, I do too. I do too. So it's like, really. I love the architecture of the Jedi Temple. I do too. It does look very, you know, like the backdrop does look very dropped in. And I think that's what people complain about. But the artwork that's there, I do really like. Yeah, in the episode three tie-in game, that was one of my I never noticed this little droid replacing that little glass window. window. Yeah. Like from the scene earlier, like I never noticed that. Wow. Yeah, the in the episode three tie-in game, the missions where you were in the temple were some of my favorites just because I love the way they were designed. Do you go to the Jedi Temple in the Force Unleashed? I, I think there like, was like a I think there was a DLC for it. Yeah, because I feel Wasn't like I there? remember that. Uh, I, I, if it was, it was in the main game because I remember playing it the first time on Wii and I definitely didn't have the DLC for it. Oh, uh, well, the Wii version might not have been the full game. That's true. I like this kind of contrast of outfits between Anakin and, and Padme right now. And I like how she's very like. It's not over the top regal, but it still has a re, like regality to it. You know, whereas Anakin's very monk like and it kind of shows their different worlds. I also love her space suitcase. It's like so weird looking. Yeah. Well, I guess the droid finished putting the window in. <laughs> Just flew off. And we get the subtlety of Anakin playing with the force. Not taking it seriously. I also love how Anakin contradicts himself here. He's like, I'm truly grateful to be his apprentice, and also I hate him. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's uncanny, the parallels that you can draw between young Dooku and young Anakin. I mean, it's really, like... They probably do it on purpose, of course, but, like, he... I feel like if Dooku was... Anakin's master, then they probably would have made a very dynamic duo. I mean, of course, Palpatine's powerful, but I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of one of those interesting things to think about. Like, it would it, have been a more philosophical partnership between yeah. Dooku and Anakin versus Dooku and Sidious, where Sidious is more just absolutist, you know? Yeah. It's kind of one of those same concepts of like, what if Qui Gon trained Anakin kind of thing? Right. Well, that's why that's why I, it's called the duel of the fates, because Anakin's fate changes when Qui-Gon dies. Yeah. I love these big, giant, blocky barge. Like, yeah. Barge transport things are. And even the like the little transport they're on right now, it just looks like a space bus. I just love the designs. It's like I just this is why I love Star Wars. Just the designs of everything are so cool. Oh, yeah. And we have Dorme here and she's upset again crying now i do love this headdress like i really do like this one yeah on i love pretty pretty much all the outfits padme wears are really really interesting it's like kind of like egyptian in a way yeah, in a way
so a slight technical nitpicky thing. One of the things that I like a lot more about the sequel trilogy is just in terms of uh, cinematography. But like, I feel like the prequels more than anything, you really do notice at times the ADR like a lot. Well, again, I think it's because we're wearing headphones as well. Because we had that, we noticed that in Phantom Menace as well. I, th- I think it's because we're wearing headphones. Yeah, possibly. Because we're hearing it more close to our. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know. See, the sequels, like they feel too much. They they feel like like Christopher Nolan films, like the way they're shot. I don't know what like like it's like they it's don't like they're, too, they're not shot like Star Wars. Yeah, like it's too real. Yeah, and like Star Wars is supposed to have like a haziness to it, you know, a kind of a mysticism. Yeah, and I feel like the sequel trilogies, they especially uh, the Last Jedi, especially the Last Jedi, where it's like it's just, it feels too much like a camera pointed at a scene. Yeah. Ah, uh, Dex. I really want to know the story of Dex. I do Dex too. Jester. I really want to know, like, just see, like, even if it's a comic or something, I just want a story of, like, whatever happened between Dex and, and Obi-Wan. Like, well, there's just, like, a hu- humanity to Obi-Wan here in this scene. He's not just a Jedi. The fact that Obi-Wan actually accepts, like, an offer for, like, a beverage. Yeah. That, like, that alone, to me, like, shows how, like, he's actually, like, a human being. He's not, like, turning sun down by, like, you know, like, he's not being humble or anything what do you know did you ever notice dex's mustache yeah like it's so random i just love this diner it's so so 50s you know now it which lego game was it where the hub world is dex's diner was it one or two? I think it was one. I would guess one. That's right, because the second one was the original trilogy. No, wait. The second one was the original trilogy. So no, yeah. two was the complete. Sorry, I thought. No, 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 no. Uh, the first one was the prequels. The second one was the original trilogy. And then it was Star Wars, the complete saga. And then uh, Lego Star Wars Episode three, the Clone Wars. Right. Like, how does Dex know about the Kaminoans and the fact that they clone things? Right. Your uh, pocketbook is. You ever notice, De- and I'm sure that it would be reverse of what I'm saying, but like Dex kind of looks like a Krogan from Mass Effect. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure yeah, the Krogans yeah. were based off of him versus him being based off them, but it's... So, was that Dooku? Oh, is that Dooku's new. bust he's looking That's at? That's Dooku right there, yes. Okay. I would assume a younger Dooku, but yes. That's very poignant. Like, that's good. That's good set building right there. Right. Is you have to Dooku's, know what you're looking at, but yeah. Dooku's the reason why he can't find it, and he's looking at his bust. I love this scene with Jocasta New because it reminds me of this person at work where they're basically just like, if it's not in the archives, it doesn't exist. Yeah. 
Like I just there, like there's a person at work where it's like if like if something's not logged, it doesn't exist. It's like oh, or someone forgot to just put it in the log. Yeah. Yeah. So Obi Wan is defeated. Can't think smart enough to realize oh someone just deleted it. So we'll get to that in a minute. We'll follow up on that in a minute. But so we have. So this. That droid turning away R2 negates my thought that they didn't allow droids at the Tatooine kid, the most Eisley Cantina, because of the fact that the Clone Wars happened. Because I originally thought, like, oh, they don't allow droids at the Cantina because of the Clone Wars and they hate droids because of the Clone Wars. But no, there's just always been a droid stigma, apparently. Yeah. See, I like the the shawl thing she has over her headdress in this scene. It's very like like a kind of like a gold looking shawl you know yeah i feel like if anakin's trying to hide the fact that he's a jedi he probably should have taken his braid out yeah probably like i just thought about that like like he's wearing like a like a homeless man kind of disguise but then he has a giant jedi braid yeah i love the uh there's like the secure welcome by i love yeah any shot inside the temple i love it's so good and here's foreshadowing kind of in a sad <laughs> way a little bit you have the subtlety of yoda's theme underneath I love this part. Lost a planet Obi-Wan has. <laughs> yeah, like Yoda did does not have to go this hard. Like, is he mad at Obi-Wan or something? Like, he throws so much shade at him? I think he's duped, like, hamming it up for the kids, which I think is nice. I like that characterization. I love this music too. I do too. It's so. It almost reminds me of the beginning of Land of uh, Land Before Time, when Littlefoot's being hatched. Like it's so wondrous sounding, you know. Give this kid a gold star. <laughs> the one who discovered the plot that Dooku had. <laughs> the kid that literally uncovers the, the plot of the Sith. Like Obi-Wan couldn't put that to, like two and two together. I'm like, well, the, the gravity is still being pulled there. So they're would be a planet there you would think but it's not there so that's the that's the thing that i'm puzzled and curious about is how did dooku erase those files if the continuity especially from jedi lost indicates that he left the jedi order before all of this was going into play it could have been sifo Dias that deleted it well, from what I've read canonically, it was Dooku who was the one who deleted it. 
he might have had like remote access maybe maybe that would make sense but that's something i just thought about i'm like hmm that doesn't add up look at r2 climbing up the steps of venice (laughs) on the streets of venice italy right now (laughs) i still can't get over space briefcases (laughs) <laughs> it's like just one of those things I just never had thought about. Like I always just had assumed like sp- space briefcases would have just like floated on their own or something. I appreciate the fact that Padme didn't change outfits three times in between her leaving Carson <laughs> uh, and getting to Nebu. Ah, good old CO Bibble still in office. CO Bibble looks like he's having a hard time. Yeah. See, I feel like the first like maybe 45 minutes to an hour of this movie are a direct sequel to uh, The yeah, Phantom Menace. Menace. And then like towards the second to third act of the movie is when it kind of becomes its own, which is not a deterrent by any means. But it's just I, I, like I like the world building that's, you know, coming up. It's I'm saying that because if you do, if you compare it to the sequel trilogy, Fortunately, granted, I know it's because George directed all three of these, but the first episode seven feels different from episode eight, like directly at the very beginning. Despite the fact that episode eight is like 10 minutes after episode seven. Yeah, yeah. It only spans the two hours after episode seven. Yeah. You know, that's my biggest issue with The Last Jedi is that it just doesn't cover enough ground. Well, you know what also doesn't make sense is we we joke about I love it these being, hyperspace rings. I They're do, so too. Cool. We joke about it being two hours. But like, what about the whole thing with scenes with Ray? Like she goes through a day night cycle in her training. So, like, yeah, how long is she there for? Like, yeah, is she there for? So, like, the first shots of Ray are actually happening before the beginning of the movie. But it's just you're not catching up to it until later in the movie, which is weird. Uh, dude Camino. this is why i love the prequels camino is so iconic the world building yeah it's so <sighs> just a planet it's it's a flooded planet it's like they go over that in um what book was it was it master and apprentice or was it i think it might have been jedi dooku lost where like they talk about the cloners and or am i thinking plagueis you think thinking plagueis, plagueis i think yeah that'd be plagueis because in Legends of Canon, part but, of it, yeah. yeah. But they do talk about, like, and I don't know if it's still canon, but the planet is, it's a flooded planet. And so we get our first introduction to the Kaminoans, who they just look so alien. Like, so, like, like what an Earthling would think of, of an alien, you know what I mean? Like, gray skin, long, stocky necks, you know, big, bulging eyes. And just the plant, the, the, the architecture and like the interiors of Camino, it just all looks so sterile, you know? Yeah. I, I like, I love how in a universe with aliens, George Lucas still managed to make something feel alien, like more so than we already knew. You know what I mean? It's 
see, I remember this part confused me as a kid because obviously I didn't understand what was going on. But again, going back to reading, watching other things in correlation to this, it makes more sense. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, I understand this. I love how it took them 10 years to make 100,000, but then millions more are just like an overnight job. Look at the way like the reflections are on the Kaminoan's face. Like people underrate the, the, the animation in these movies. Like look at how good Lama Su looks. <laughs> what? Oh, was like, uh, this is not. Like, I love the the line of um, in Force Awakens when Han is like, this is not how I thought this day was going to go. Like, that line sums up all of Star Wars. See, he, like, with the rain, he looks like Qui-Gon in this shot with yeah. the beard and the hair. With the hair matted down, yeah, because it's wet. Uh, Obi-Wan being like, yeah, of course. Of course that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I always love the humor Obi-Wan has despite, like... Despite, like, you know, whatever the circumstances are. Told you, man, they're on the streets of Venice. Space gondola over there. <laughs> Straight up. By the way, just for our our records, they did show the spelling of his name. It was S-I-F-O dash D-Y-A-S. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I just didn't have the hyphen in it. Yeah. Nebu just looks so beautiful, man. Oh, here's the famous line. <laughs> like, do you think that Hayden Christensen knew how iconic the sand line was going to be? No, I thought when he I said think, it. I think he just was like, oh, it's a line about sand. And then it haunted him for the rest of his life. And then like it even became a meme with like Rogue One because Vader didn't didn't actually go down to Scarif because of the sand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anakin is just so awkward here. Yeah, he's like so awkward. He's and like it's a like, child forcing his love. I mean, like he is a virgin. So like, let's see. He doesn't know. He's DTF right now for sure. Like, that's Anakin's first kiss, I'm assuming. And I like the way that Akash yeah, is off. playing and then it cuts off. Yeah, he's still a child because it's one of those that's like, wait, what did <laughs> oh, I do he wrong? Like, he looks around like a baby chick. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't know. Look at all the little baby clones. Yeah, it's one of those things like it's it's very interesting to think about like clones, especially in the Clone Wars, like the way they wrote them were so important and so significant. But yet they got lumped in with a lot of the other hate that the prequels movie got prequel movies got. And so like in the sequel trilogy, they're just like, oh, no. <laughs> why, why don't I just use a clone army? Yeah. 
I love that there's like the it shows the multiple stages of the clones because like that's not Tamara Morrison right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never noticed the little security droids flying around, like making sure that the clones are staying in line. Yeah. So what I don't get is. So Sifo Dias had. Had commissioned the army 10 years ago or over 10 years ago, he died 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. When did they recruit Django Fett? Did they recruit Django Fett when he was like 10 years younger? Probably. Or did they not or did they not actually start the, the cloning process until a couple years earlier and that they were just experimenting with human cloning? Um I it, probably that second one. Now, I, this is always so interesting to me. As you see the clones being loaded up, it plays the Trade Federation theme. And like I always thought that was so interesting. It's well, I think because that's I think that's because it's the sign of the war that's about to come. That's fair. That's that's a good point. Look at how good the like waterfalls in the background look. Yeah. Everyone had a massive crush on Natalie Portman during this time period and then they saw black swan and then half were like all right let's go and then the other half were just confused (laughs) (laughs) i love how anakin just looks so confused throughout this whole scene i love like the subtle leia leia buns yeah another prequel meme i don't think the system works (laughs) So what is he proposing here? Oh. He kind of contradicts himself because he says he's all for like. Oh, so he's wanting a monarchy, basically. Well, it's weird because he first he says he wants a group of people that all decide what's best and then do it. But then he says someone, one person should force them to do it. Well, it's like, well, that doesn't really add up. So in that video I sent you to watch there, this was one of the scenes, uh, the, the VFX video. This was one of the scenes when he's on top of the little tick thing. Like watch, mm-hmm. watch. Yep. It's not, it's, it's not this part. It's coming up when it like the movement runs yeah. over him. Yeah. That like right there, not running over him, but him just fought like ragdolling off was like, all right. <laughs> Like, yeah, I just don't think they had the lighting right for a lot of the CGI stuff, because when it's when CGI things are in broad daylight, they look more fake. That's why those by worms, nature. Yeah, that's why those worms look so good is because, because it was, it was low light. dark, dark shadow. But, but people don't realize like this was, you know, like the post-production for this was probably what, 2001 or 2002. Yeah. So like it was a long time ago. CGI yeah. was not good at all back then. And the fact that these effects look as good as they do. It looks way better than the Matrix Reloaded. 
or like, sorry, the Matrix. Like, yeah, they sequels. don't look good compared to today's CGI. It's 2019 right now. And of well, course, Matrix, today's CGI is going to look better. Matrix sequels were coming out at the same time, and this looks ten times better than that. Yeah, like just the Kaminoans themselves, just they look so good. Like, like I don't know how much better they would look. They would look better today, but I don't know by how much. You know. So Daniel Logan, I just genuinely love because he, yeah, he's great. He's, he's great because like everyone hated him in this because they're like that's not boba fett like you're a disgrace but he just ran <laughs> yep. with it and he's like he's like i'm you know i'm boba fett why wouldn't jay like it's i know this thing. is so like, stupid Django, like, like hide it another issue with this scene buttons you almost never see buttons in star wars because they're too earthly but Django has buttons on his shirt I love the tension between between Django and Obi-Wan as they're talking and and Boba's on the corner, like just eyeing them like, uh, what's going on? Like Obi-Wan could clearly see his armor from there. What's the point of hiding it now? (laughs) The fact that Boba just goes, shuts it and walks back. Like, don't you think he should have like went in that room so that it was like a little less, like a little more subtle? He just made it so obvious he's hiding the armor. Yep, see? That answers your question. He was, but he was when, though, is my point. Like, prob- when in the timeline? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, I know he was recruited by Dooku, but, like, how long in advance were these, like, were they just working on human cloning in general until they got the template? for Django, you know what I mean? It was probably 10 years ago, honestly. 10 years is probably when they started because he said Sifo-Dyas died over 10 years ago. So, like, when Sifo-Dyas died and then... So Sifo-Dyas commissioned the army but they didn't have the template yet. Correct. And then Dooku was like, I'm here. Well, no, but... So that was Dooku pretending to be Sifo-Dyas? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, that's... Yeah, he he was... When he killed Sifo-Dyas, he... um, he went and spoke to the how, how do you actually say it? Kaminoans? I say Kaminoans, but I don't know if that's right. Okay. A- anyway, like he he was like, I'll continue to fund this, but I it it needs to be under the guise of Sifidias. Like that's okay. what he said to that to the Kaminoans. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'll continue to fund this, but this needs to be under Sifidias. Like I don't okay. I'm not I don't okay. have a partner. All right, I, I can buy that, I guess. But I li- I like in in Jedi Lost that like you can see Sifo, like why Sifo-Dyas was so paranoid and why he commissioned yeah this the, the part- army like like the whole time I'm wa- I was listening to that I was like yeah that makes sense why he would go commission an army because he was so paranoid of something happening yeah which was such an interesting like I would have liked to see him see him more but like listening to the stories of him being just the entire time he was a Jedi even a Jedi Knight he was haunted by these visions. You know, so it's very interesting. Very interesting. I love the quiet version of of Across the Stars in the background of the scene. Like Padme, like 
like what is she wearing oh uh, yeah let's be honest this is a hot outfit this outfit like hot. what are you what, like <laughs> like what are you doing this is like it's like a space dominatrix kind of outfit <laughs> looks like like spandex nate, leather. Nate, this is a kid show it's fine i'm just kidding no no they, if they haven't looked, if they watch the discovery <laughs> know, channel, I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm just kidding I, it's just like this feels like george lucas wrote this dialogue like right before he went to bed at like 2 a.m He's like, I'm going to have Anakin profess his love to her in like a dark, tortured way. You really see the seeds of him being Darth Vader in this movie. Yeah. Well, don't you literally see a shadow of him at like his shadow looks like Vader? Or was that in Phantom Menace? Well, that was I think it's I think it's in this art. That was the art for Phantom Menace. No, but I think I think when he kills the the Tuscan Raiders, I think you see a shadow of him and it looks like Vader. Gotcha. We'll We'll, we'll We'll pay attention when we get to that. I really I don't remember what the deciding factor was for them to get married and and be in love. I think it's just the fact that they almost died in the Genosian arena and they're like, screw it. Like, we're not. Yeah, we're not like taking any chances anymore. We just want to be together. <laughs> she she's saying like, hey, look, you're not being rational. I'm um, blah, blah, blah. He goes, so you do feel something. <laughs> yeah. This is one of those scenes that people complain about when they say like the dialogue in this movie. It's like, I feel like there might have been other takes they could have used, you know? You know, I'll I'll be honest, like, I'm not saying, I'm not defending it, but I I have seen in more recent memory a lot more. I do like that Padme's kind of, Padme's like kind of almost smiling through saying we'd be living a lie. Yeah. Where she's like, yeah, let's do it. She's like, she's like, I'm only saying this because I have to, but yeah, screw it. Let's go. Yeah. I've seen a lot more f- like forced romances in cinema recently than this. So I'm not going to say this is the worst. Yeah. Like it's if- just, it's just unfortunate. And we do get them, them, you know, Anakin and Padme fleshed out a lot in the Clone Wars. I think that makes up a lot of ground and leads into Revenge of the Sith a little more as well. Yeah. This 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 so, fight scene I love, but what I want to know is do the do the Kaminoans like not have like security footage of their clone template trying to kill the Jedi's that hired them? I think they like you pay enough to look like, the other way. It's just like I don't know, like doesn't Django like Django literally leaves? Don't they think that's a little weird too? You know? Yeah. So we're Mace Windu and Yoda just like chilling there. They're meditating. Probably. They're just sitting there in silence, meditating. I wonder if this is like also projecting in the council. Say it again. So I wonder if Obi-Wan's projection is also projecting in the Jedi council room. Mm. But then you would see the other council members. So I don't know. Although I don't think Obi-Wan sees them. They just see him. So maybe he is projecting in the Jedi council as well.
<laughs> That's not going to happen. That is an interesting point. Like, how could they not have seen that? The shot of the dark side. True. True, true, true. Okay, so we're just going to surprise them with with a clone army? Like, hey, we're here. Yeah, like, how do they... Like, how, I love how it was engineered, and we got Anakin's having his nightmare Force right vision, now, but... Yeah. Now, I always liked the idea that Palpatine was the one making him have these nightmares. Yeah, I was just about to ask that for clarification. If, if I love this shot, too, of Anakin just staring out and then Padme like as pa- like the shot when Padme's starting to walk away and then he like, calls her back because it makes you wonder if he's that force sensitive. Like so she changed outfits again or if Palpatine was was forcing those visions on him. Right. And it's also possible Palpatine was forcing the visions on sifo too. Maybe, but I mean, he had a message. Or maybe, maybe, maybe Palpatine found out about sifo premonitions and then started like playing gave with him them. a vision of the Clone Wars and like n- knowing that sifo would act on it because he acted on his previous premonitions. Yeah, see, people were people have said before that if like sifo unknowingly caused the destruction of the Jedi Order, but it could have been engineered because people are like, well, what if he didn't like try to create that clone army? What if we, he didn't commission that, then that wouldn't happen. So maybe it was engineered. It's possible that Dooku did it under the guise of sifo And then it could have been explained as sifo was always paranoid. So it makes sense. He would do it. Canonically sifo did commission it, but then died after. And then Dooku took okay. over the order. You know, if you watch that video I sent you uh, before we started this, you would have seen that. <laughs> we get the slave one before it's turned to green. I got to be honest. This is a po- probably a very unpopular opinion. I like Django Fett's armor more than I do Boba Fett's. I like the blue. I do like the blue. Yeah, I like the way I like how it's more clean rather than like rugged like Boba's. Yeah, see, you notice Obi-Wan's saber's a little bit longer. It's a little bit... Yeah, what I don't get is, like, Obi-Wan doesn't This have... shot is so funny to me, like... It's, yeah, like, it's, it's so <laughs> like funny. Like, turtled, looking. yeah. When he, uh, for the listeners, we were at the part where Jango shoots the rocket at Obi-Wan. What I don't get, though, is, like, Obi-Wan doesn't have a blaster or anything, so why didn't Jango Fett just run onto the Slave One and fly away? Like, Jango Fett just oh. makes a lot of questionable decisions, man. Jedi kick right there. I think he's overconfident. He's like, I can kill anything. That's even a good point. I. Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't know this by now, I'm the master of giving explanations for things that don't make sense. <laughs> I don't know, man. That looks like Obi-Wan's saber from Phantom Menace. Like, it just looks like the same one. Right. Well, yeah, it it, it was. It, it or am was, I getting Anakin and I mean, am I getting Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's confused? Because I always used to get them confused. Well, yeah, it was written that he had to rebuild from The Force Awakens, and it's identical, except it's a little bit longer. Okay, no, that was... So it looks like... Okay, never mind. Qui-Gon's was the long one with the black grip. So 
Obi-Wan just made a saber that looked exactly like his old saber. Yeah, it was a little bit longer. I guess he liked the feeling of Qui-Gon's. Yeah, I, lo- I, I love this Obi-Wan's scene too. final saber, though, is my favorite. Yeah, I love this scene too. Neck. Whenever they're he's like stuck on by the grappling hook and like he launches the like Batman arm blades to like stop himself. Yeah. Yeah, he See, like the, digs it into the to the there side. is one thing that the sequel trilogy took and like expanded on more from the prequels is how much the prequels use the force. Like that scene, like just now, whenever he was launching the grappling hook up to save himself, and like the little things they'll do, like force levitation and things like that. It's yeah, it's just it's cool to see that. And even the subtlety of like he used the force to open the door. And it's like the sequel trilogy, like I like how they expand on that, like with Kylo, like actually like force holding that blaster bolt. Oh, that's such a cool shot in, in Force of Awakens. That this shot of the slave one actually leaving is so cool. Like the way the camera shakes a little bit and it gets kind of like the, the sound effect. It sounds so heavy. Like I love I love the weight of certain things in the Star Wars universe. And we're back on Tatooine. Once again in a chrome cruiser. That's not inconspicuous at all. I love these little carriage things that they rent. As if Tatooine is like a destination vacation. (laughs) Right. Hey, hey, honey, let's go here for our honeymoon. Well, and there's water in the background. It is you. Uh, Dude, Wado's neck beard in this movie is so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so much worse than in Phantom Menace. <laughs> I love how like Wado's just totally down on his luck after he lost all his money because of Qui-Gon. I love the realization Watto has. And I also love all the flies flying around him because he probably stinks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that little wing, like, that was funny. Yeah, he gets so excited. You ever notice the Sith eyes that Watto has? Uh-uh. Because Watto is actually yeah. the third Sith Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I love how stern Anakin is with him. It's like, I don't work for you anymore. I'm not a slave to you anymore. He's talking about how he sold his mother here. Lars, ooh, that's familiar. Now, when I was little, I thought he said he feed her and married her. I was like, that's a weird way of saying he gave her food. He actually, of course, he actually said he freed her. Why does those suction cup feet freak me out too? Like Tordarians are just so weird looking. Yeah, they're just such strange, ugly creatures. I do love Watto though. He's so like, 
don't know how to describe him. Like he's just so like he's such a character. Yeah. So which 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 fighter do you like more in the prequels? This one or the ones from Revenge of the Sith? I like these ones because they look more like A wings. True. The other ones, I like they started the the Jedi fighters from Revenge of the Sith is when they really started to try and make them tie into the Tie Fighter look because like they had the wings that came up, and then at the very end when Anakin's like you know going through his surgery to become Vader. Um, they have one where it, like it even makes the Tie Fighter noise. Yeah, this so, sound effect right here in the theaters in a surround sound time. system. Oh my god! In a surround sound system, I used to watch this with my grandfather. So, so Django just dropped a seismic charge, where it's silent, and then after it explodes, makes the the noise. Yeah, and it just sounds so. Like, how do you like Ben Burr and his team are just so good. Yeah, like legitimately, like I, we used to watch this over and over again on a surround sound system, and it was like, oh my god, every time, like it would just shake your house. It's iconic, like the like the uh, THX. So it's it's yep. just like that. I don't know, man. The slave one just doesn't seem very like aerodynamically designed to be going flying through the middle of asteroids. Yeah, no, definitely not. Don't get me wrong, I love the design of the slave one, but it just doesn't make any like like aerodynamic sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Daniel Logan embraced it though. I'm glad because yeah. because I would be so down with him playing Boba Fett, like older Boba Fett. And he actually trains with um with Ray, Ray Park, Park. Yeah. Who plays Darth Maul. Like I just I love the fact that they're they were not minor characters, but they were like side characters. And they just embrace it and they love the universe and and you know. And they I go to they go to celebration and they go to all the panels and stuff. This scene is great because as much as Obi-Wan hates flying, he's good at it. Yeah. So like it's it's nice to know that like even though he hates it, he's still good at it. Also, Obi-Wan is a straight-up liar. He says, what? I don't recall owning, ever owning a droid. Like, bro, what about R4? See, I wonder this, what happens to R4 this scene, after. This scene right here is very reminiscent of uh, in Empire Strikes Back. Whenever, right, when I think yeah. it was intentionally done so. It, it where, is. Where, like, uh, George talked about in the prequels, like, making it, it's like a poem. Like, everything relates back everything yeah, is in compared to, yeah which is awesome this this shot of Gen, uh, genosis i love because we don't see it again like just the nighttime aesthetic of it is really cool yeah because you do see the lights and the architecture and the fact that the genosians are brilliant scientists because after the after the scene at night in genosis it kind of comes off as like they're just a giant hive mind 
clan of like kind of bugs like yeah bugs yeah like what's the word i'm looking for um like not non-sentient but they're like like a like, almost, like, yeah like almost primitive you know and so like the this night shot is really cool Real quick, non-Star Wars related. Why are you drinking out of a metal straw? Are you do you live um, in California? No, we just like these reusable <laughs> straws. What's the problem with being eco-friendly? <laughs> I'm just making a joke, man. Damn. I got my nice iridescent looking metal straw. Tay ordered them. I just used them because she ordered them. If she didn't, I wouldn't. Do do they make it? I mean, apart from being eco-friendly, do they make a difference? Like, is it actually colder using those? Because I hear that's a thing. Yeah. But I mean, the straw itself gets crazy cold, so I'm sure that in turn keeps the drink, the drink cold, cold. You know what I mean? Yeah. So here we are back at the Lars homestead. I always loved the way that the Lars homestead looks. How it's just a little hut above ground, but then there's a giant like cutout where like the homestead actually is underground. And that probably keeps it cooler. I always wondered if Padme actually remembers C-3PO or if she just like hears him say his own name and is like, yeah, I like vaguely remember you. Ah, Tom Buchanan. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I totally forgot that Joel Edgerton played, um, played Owen Lars until I saw... The Great Gatsby, and I was like, oh my god, that's Owen Lars. <laughs> yeah, Klieg Lars looks like he's having a hard time right now. <laughs> we should go inside. Do you, what do you mean? Like... <laughs> There's the red milk. Looks like cranberries. Or was it like, like raspberries looks like in the container? Yeah, something like that. You know what's sad about this scene is that eventually Owen and Baru just get melted. Like, oh, they look like they're a, ho a hopeful, nice little like couple. And they just get turned into just charcoal. And you don't realize, like, as a kid watching it for the first time, how graphic that scene actually is. Oh, no, I remember. I remember watching that scene as a kid and it terrified me. I was like, is this a horror movie? And then obviously later on, it, nothing like that happened again. But back then I was like, I was, I don't know. I was like four or five of the first time it was ever, I ever saw it on TV. It terrified me. Yeah. Did you ever notice? I, I like that Anakin can still sense her alive. Despite Klieg telling her, telling him she's dead. Yeah. He's like, I'm a Jedi. I feel her, but he doesn't say it because he's like, I don't like. I need to do this on my own. Did you ever notice kind of the the parallels of Padme's outfit almost to like a Princess Jasmine from Aladdin in this scene? Yeah, in the in this scene, yes. Did you notice when he was standing out on the like outside the homestead that he was standing like Vader? Like mm -hmm. his stance was very right. Here, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See yeah, that yeah, shadow yeah. looks like Vader. It does. It does. Yeah, I've I'm never noticed that. that. 
that was intentional because that's why they linger on the shadow instead of seeing, you know, actually showing them hugging. Yeah. He what like that's so cool is is he's walking like him too, especially in this scene. Like very slow and very mechanical almost. Yeah. Then we get the duel of the faces. Anakin rushes out again. To find his mother. I never noticed that was duel of the fates. Mm-hmm. Because again, this is one of those moments that changes Anakin. And this almost looks more like Geonosis than Tatooine. The way it's lit, it's very red and orange. Yeah. Although he's just casually having, like, getting directions from a Jawa. Here, we're back to Geonosis. The uh, the Geonosin theme, I love, because it's got that very, like, taiko drum sound. Yep. Like, throughout. I was actually about to say the same, like, like literally exact thing that you just said. <laughs> and I love the parallels between Geonosis and Tatooine, how it is two different planets, but they have two distinct different feels. Like Geonosis does feel like it's a planet inhabited by bugs. It's, it, it's also, it also feels like an ancient planet. Like the architecture yeah. is very historical. That's a very Sith aesthetic right there, which I think is prominent, which I think is on purpose. I remember as a kid, like leading up, like later on the whole scene with R2 and Anakin and C-3PO, I loved that scene where they're the choreography of it. I still love it. Like I haven't seen it in a while. So hopefully like later on when they're in the factory. Yeah. What's the alien's name that was just talking? The one. Oh, I know it. He's no. the guy that has to like adjust his thing. Yeah. He like, like he's like half robot. Cause that's the, um, ten thousand more systems. How many planets are there in the galaxy? Techno union. They they make him off to be so like kind of interesting and cool. And then in the Clone Wars, he's just incompetent completely. <laughs> well, no, it's not him. It's another member of the Techno Union. He's a little mm. shorter than that guy. Gotcha. You notice the Wolfman on the left? Yeah. I love the way that uh, Poggle the Lesser looks like he looks so much more aged and so much more kind of gruff. And and regal than the other Genosans. It's really sad, man. Like in the in Rebels, it kind of goes into like the extermination of the Genosans. So Tatooine has twin moons as well as twin suns. I never noticed that. I knew they had twin suns, but there's two moons up there too. That's no moon. I always thought it was interesting how their tents are like solid. Like They're like, like Adobe. Right. 
I always thought even as a kid, it was just a, like a little convenient that Shmi dies right when Anakin gets there. The face she makes when he like pulls her back and she's like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I always like try so hard not to laugh because I know it's a serious scene, but it's like the way she falls backwards. Like she just looks. Well, it's one of those. Yeah, it is convenient. But yeah, like he got there. Like he didn't get there in time as you like. Know. Yeah. But also she held out long enough. This scene genuinely is like sad, like really sad. Like, I can't fault Christensen on the scene at all. Hayden Christensen or Anakin? Either. You're saying like the acting. The yeah, acting yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I got you. I got you. I didn't know if you were saying like you don't blame him for slaughtering the Tuscan Raiders. Like, I and didn't know if that's what you're saying. And she's saying right here, too, like she can die now now that, now that she's seen him again. All right, that's fair. And you could also say it was like it was the will of the force. Yeah. Also, because like Shmi didn't deserve that. Like Shmi was was, was a character that, like, I mean, in the sake of the story, for him to turn into Vader, yes, it has to happen. But like, as a character, like she was just an innocent. And here's where Anakin is about to to make that. Yeah, his rage is going to consume him. What theme is this that's playing? It is. I think it's just the one made for Anakin right now. Let me let me pull up the, the soundtrack. I think it's just one made for the scene. Like, I don't think it was a theme from another scene. I mean, it does take cues from. Uh, from Imperial March, like you hear you hear notes of it. Yeah. And then you hear uh, Qui-Gon yelling Anakin, Anakin. You hear the breathing, too, at the end note of that. Yep. Of Vader. Yeah, on the soundtrack, it is called The Tuscan Camp and The Homestead. Here, Yoda's depicting to Mace Windu what he just felt from Anakin's uh, I think Yoda here is feeling his switch to the dark side. Well, he definitely is He's straight up saying like he feels his pain and yeah. But I th- when he says something terrible has happened, yeah, it's terrible. But I think it's something worse than them him just killing the Raiders. Right, like he senses the dark side growing in Anakin. I always thought it was interesting how Nebu and Tatooine were so close to each other, yet they were so polar opposite planets. Like one's a desert planet. And Geonosis is not far away from Tatooine either. Yeah. Oh, and there's the Geonosian that catches him. (laughs) 
I don't know. Maybe he's been having visions of his mother and his mother's from Tatooine. So maybe that's why he's there. Womp rats hopping around. Here, R2 is seeing the the message from Obi-Wan. Yeah, like he's trying to calibrate the sensor so he can get a clear message from Obi-Wan. So Anakin's returning on the speeder bike with his dead mother. Man, like this is so grim. I, I love like the, way the chorus he- in the background. And I like the way he just stares down Klieg like this is your fault. You should have taken care of her. There's some blue milk. Finally, the blue milk in a turkey sandwich. Yeah. This outfit's very Native American. Yeah, it's very, it's very like, it's it's like, uh, what's the thing I'm thinking of? I'm thinking mezzo something. So now Anakin's, he's blaming everyone but himself. He's blaming everyone, everything. He's blaming it when it shouldn't be blamed on anyone but the Tusken Raiders, you know? Like, now he's blaming Obi-Wan. He's blaming himself. He comes to admission he's not the Jedi he's supposed to be. It does show how Padme had to be a little crazy to be okay with Anakin just committing mass genocide. Yeah, maybe not mass genocide, maybe a small genocide. Yeah, you hear the theme in the background. Yeah, you hear Palpatine's or uh, the Emperor's theme. You like the way that his lips quiver in these scenes, like it shows like he's so angry, you know, what I mean, like it shows his anger. And then yeah. you get the Imperial March. But maybe that was like Padme's nature where she feels like she can bring out the best in everyone. She even says it right there. She's trying to see if she could fix him, basically, in in the most simplest way of putting it. Do you think it goes back to the fact that she knew him as as a little child, like a little boy? And she's like, she knows. She knows like that's who he really is, like like Anakin from episode one is who he really is. And she can tell like he needs help because of like he's struggling so much. 
Yeah, probably. Like we all like a lot of people forget like that this their relationship in this movie is, you know, based on when they met in the first movie. You know? Yeah. That might be my favorite Padme outfit, the one that that she's wearing right now and going into the Battle of Geonosis. Do you think him picking up that handful of sand is is reiterating his his hatred? Because I think it's something to do with that. Like he hates this planet and he wishes he like if he could have got his mom out of there with him in the first movie that this never would have happened to her. Like he hates sand because he hates Tatooine. Yeah. See if this was a sequel sequel if this was made nowadays like in the sequel trilogy style he's holding that handful of sand we would have seen a seen a shot of him from the bottom like, dropping like coming sand. out of yeah yep. yeah And they're back on the ship. He's reading the message from Obi-Wan. Yeah, this Padme outfit does seem more like like an outfit that you could actually move around in. Yeah. <laughs> like she's always wore, like this is the first time we've seen Padme not in a very ceremonial outfit. It is no match for a droid, cars. Why doesn't Mace Windu tell them to go back to Naboo? They say, stay where you are. Because <laughs> maybe, they, I don't maybe know. he just doesn't trust them going, like leaving anywhere. See, she's totally enabling Anakin right here. Oh, yeah, of course. She definitely enables him the whole time. Like it's like Typho even said, like, I'd be more worried about her. Yeah, it's not just Anakin like it's the both of them that are making dumb decisions. I mean, Grant, if they don't leave and rescue Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan definitely dies in the arena, but. It's definitely not just on Anakin, like it's definitely equal parts Padme. I really like Bail Organa.
<laughs> well, <laughs> Both of them stare straight at at Jar Jar. Jar Jar is literally the reason for everything going wrong. Yeah, like you know, George did that intentionally, which is why he is also secretly a Sith. This this scene blows my mind because it's so truthful. Dooku. So we're at the scene now where Obi Wan is in like a projector field, and Dooku literally openly tells him exactly. What is really going on? His confidence being in a trap situation is just great. I do like how how honest Dooku is. Do you think Dooku thinks he can turn Obi-Wan? Maybe. Like, is that why? He, or do you think Dooku is just so confident that he knows he can tell him the truth and he won't believe it? Either one I could believe. Yeah, this is genuine from Dooku. And this puts doubts in his mind and my mind. Here so, tell him. yeah, so we're at the part now where it's it's difficult at some point during a commentary track where like we're we're silent because we're trying to listen to what they're saying so that we can then talk about it. So, like, I feel bad for anyone listening if it's like, a, you know, like a like a couple of seconds of silence. But I want to make sure I don't miss something that someone says. I wish I turned. I didn't even I forgot to put subtitles on. Yeah, I think that this is Dooku just being so confident knowing Obi-Wan won't believe him because he straight up tells him the name of Darth Sidious. Well, he's definitely under the guise of Sidious right now. So, yeah, I think it is him trying to get him to join. Because I think I think like he even shows in the Clone Wars, Dooku like saw that he was probably being used by Sidious and he tried to turn on him. And oh yeah, that's why work. that's why Asajj Ventress is apprentice to him. Yeah. Man, rest in peace, Christopher Lee. Yeah, what he a was, legendary was, actor, man. He was such a perfect casting for this too. He's such a legendary actor. <laughs> Mace Windu is like, man, what am I walking into? Delo Felegates, like I just can't. I just I just can't with like I I I I appreciate and I love Ahmed best, but some of the lines that Jar Jar says. Dello Felegates. And Jar Jar thinks he's so smart and he thinks he's doing the perfect thing. Another prequel meme. <laughs> I love democracy. I don't know if you're on r slash prequel memes, but you got to be. 
That's so great. No, I've seen that pop up in like political stuff, political groups. That's like anytime there's a poll and it's like one is up is like blowing out the other, but it always is like so the who's the person of democracy. Who's the other person beside Palpatine right now? So there's Masameda, who's the guy with the horns, and I don't remember who the other one is. But Masameda is like the actual like he's like the vice chancellor, I think. Yeah. See, one thing I wish we would see more would be the adventures of Yoda. Like, I, I'd love to know the backstory of, of him being so close with uh, the Wookiees on Kashyyyk and stuff like that, like in episode three. And like, just yeah, seeing did, him we go on. We didn't get any adventures. Clone Wars episodes of him with the Wookiees, did we? I don't think so. I don't not remember I any Clone Wars I can recall. I mean, I remember Wookiees in Clone Wars. I just don't remember anything on Kashyyyk. I remember that episode where the Trandoshan hunters, like, had the the padawans captured and they were hunting yeah. them like most dangerous game style and i remember there was a wookiee with them but yeah that's like the, there was anything actually on kashik the there, only, there, there had to have been right and we're just forgetting about it the biggest whole wookiee thing i remember was from rebels in terms of the animated was when they rescued him had made thinking there's a diplomatic solution to This is, excuse me, this is really the start of the 3PO and R2's friendship because, like, yeah, they met each other in Phantom Menace, but it was kind of 3PO wasn't in it that long. Like, he was old, excuse me, only in the Tatooine part. And this is really the start of 3PO and R2. Right. <laughs> so i never even thought about it so do you think 3po's head gets put back on his original body because 3PO eventually gets his head put on a, a battle droid. Or do you yeah, think they I imagine just, so. Do you think, do you think they just take 3PO's me. head and... As a kid, this part terrified me, where they're coming yeah, out of the walls. Bugs. No, I think he gets his head put back on. This is a really cool sequence with all the Geonosians coming at them, just like yeah. totally swarming them. But then they just ignore the droids. Oh, and you just like cut that Geonosian in half. Yeah, this this the choreography. Of this <laughs> what kind of door right? is that? <laughs> like, where did that door go to? Like, I love the way this is shot. I like I actually seen the actual behind the scenes of this was really cool, too. <laughs> like this, like side scrolling type camera. It's very really video cool. game feeling. Yeah. Like, it's almost like a Crash Bandicoot level. Yeah. You feel the tension and danger, too, because there's so much chaos going on. 
And there's actually a part coming up where it almost foreshadows Anakin losing his arm because his arm gets like bolted down to like a thing of sheet metal. Yeah. And you're like, oh, is this when he loses his arm? And of course it's not, but <laughs> like, yeah, kind, of, kind of foreshadowing. Now Here's this is a little arm. this is a little absurd. This whole, yeah. this whole sequence with like with R2 dropping C3PO. Just like R2 like flying around and everything. Like it's just very it's very like over the top. Yeah. And even like now C-3PO is able to grab onto things when normally he can't even like move his arms. Like this part is very Clone Wars feeling. Yeah. Like the way 3PO moves is so not 3PO like. I think a lot of people had issues with R2 being able to fly now as well. But it's like he probably only didn't fly because they couldn't figure out how to make him fly in the original yeah. trilogy. We get the Zam Wessel chase theme back again. So I don't know. I just feel like this the scene just goes on a little I I like this this sequence, but I just feel like it goes on a little long. Like they could have tightened it up, I think. Yeah, so 3PO's body gets a battle droid head bolted onto it, and then his head gets bolted onto a battle droid. It's just like, I don't know. Immediately, it's, he's it's like, very uh, slapsticky. <laughs> I do love Anthony Daniel. Just be like, I'm so confused. You got a touch of the force theme there as he's taking out all the. I love when they, when Jedi use the force to take people out instead of their lightsabers. Yeah. Like it shows that they'd rather not kill them if they don't have to. Yeah, see here, Anakin's arm gets like almost bolted on, and it's like, oh, is he gonna have to cut his arm off to get out of this? Yeah. And Padme's just in this giant cauldron. This is very remnant. It's almost like foreshadowing of um, Mustafar. Yeah. With like just the hot molten, not lava, but whatever that molten metal is. The red getting- aesthetic color to everything. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the sound effects too are very reminiscent of the uh the carbon freeze chamber from Bespin. Yeah. Padme's boots I feel like are so like I feel like her boots are so much more like battle ready than the rest of her outfit. Yeah. Like her boots almost look like boots that they would wear on like Hoth. Yep, there goes his saber. Obi-Wan's going to kill me. Even the crystal got cut in half. (laughs) (coughs) 
Excuse me. I love how droidicas always like the destroyer droids always look so much more imposing. Like like when you like when a destroyer runs into them, it's like, oh, okay, this is an actual problem. Not like the, the normal battle droids where it's just like you could punk them real easy. This is one of those where she's like finally admitting, like, I feel the same. <laughs> Anakin's like, you couldn't say this maybe like two hours ago. Yeah, so I think that that line just there where like I thought it would destroy our lives and then Padme says uh, our lives are about to be destroyed anyways. I think that's why they get married because they're just like any we could like with this war happening any either of us can die at any moment. So let's just not waste any time. Like I think that's why they get married. Yeah, I do like the shot like where they're having this moment and they're and they get, it, take, they get very, taken away as they're yeah, it's very Troy almost. Yeah, or, it's, like, it's, or like Gladiator, like it's very, you know, especially just with the arena setting and everything, it's very kind of like ancient, ancient, like Rome, Greece. ancient Greece, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're being led to our death, but we're having this moment together. And then Obi Wan like just like breaks that half. He's like, took you long enough. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> like he's just, he's so confused. He's like, why are you even here? I love how they made uh, how they made Natalie Portman and Padme such a badass character. Like, I really do do like that a lot. Yeah, like Obi-Wan even has a line coming up of like, she seems to be doing all right. We came here to rescue you. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, like Obi-Wan, is just, Obi-Wan wonders why Anakin resents him so much, yet he just is such a dick to him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, like look at like Poggle the Lesser almost looks like the Thanos of the Geonosians. Yeah, he really does. He's got the infinity stones on his on the rings on his finger. Poggle is such a cool designed character. I had this toy as a kid, him and Anakin, that beast and Anakin. And I love the creature designs here. Yeah, it's like a like there's like it's like a crab spider. You have like a like a rhino and like a like it's like a like a wolf with a snake tail. Yeah. But like with like a Venus flytrap mouth. Yeah. What are the names of these two? I like I always forget them. Like I I've known them and then I forget them. Yeah, look them up because I don't I can't recall them either. (laughs) (laughs) 
And see, this is where Master Apprentice comes into play because he like it showed Obi-Wan being able to bond so well with other creatures with the force. And so he's kind of taking advantage of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that one genuinely is terrifying. The one that Obi-Wan's facing. Yeah, that's like a giant spider crab thing. So it's a Reek, Nexu, and an and an Acklay? Acklay, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I think the Nexu is the 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 wolf thing. Acklay is definitely the uh, spider spider creature. It looks like they almost look like Final Fantasy monsters. Yeah, why I, I think I like why I like them so much. Just like pole vaulted him. That was great. Here's where Anakin's trying to use the force to bond with uh, his creature. <laughs> I love how Obi-Wan just smacks the shit out of that. Uh, oh, I got to edit that out. Where are we in this? He just smacks the thing in the in the face. He smacks the Genosian in the face, but then the but then the acolyte just comes, just stabs him with his. Yeah. God, you know that's gotta hurt. That was a high fall. Oh, and like landing on that course. Like, like think high. about how hard the scales on that thing are. Yeah. The choreography of this whole sequence is is really cool. She can't do that. Shoot her or something. So now we got Droidicas in the arena. And it's like, all right, well, this isn't really fair. Then we got our Bamf over here. Mace Windu sneaking up on everybody. I like how this happened. Like the Jedi just stealth showed up. How Samuel L. Jackson's that line, this party's over. Shock T, Kit Fisto. Oh, there's Coleman Trabor. About to. Coleman Trabor is like the first Jedi to die, right? Other yeah. than Qui Gon? Yeah. And the super battle droids.
I think that shot of the super battle droids walking down the corridor and then like bla- shooting their blasters at, Ob- at uh, Mace Window kind of was almost like the template for like the Clone Wars animated show. Yeah. L- where, like, I feel like George was like, I want this scene, but turned into a TV show where it's like, that's what the battles are going to look like, you know? I love how those two random Jedi conveniently had spare lightsabers to give. Right, Anakin right. Everyone. There's a battle droid with C-3PO's body. My legs aren't moving. <laughs> this scene was so good back in the day because it's the first time we're seeing a Jedi battle on this scale. Oh, yeah. It's the first time we've seen this many lightsabers. Yeah. So, first of all, why is Boba Fett even there? Like, how is that being responsible parenting, letting him even near there by Django? It is awesome seeing, like, how powerful Mace Windu is, because we always hear about how powerful Mace Windu is as a Jedi. Yeah, but actually getting to see him be just a a badass with a lightsaber is so awesome. Yeah, see, he dies right here. Yep, by Django of all people, by one blaster Django, not even dual wielding Django. Coleman Trabor just got punked. Why did you think what did you think you were going to do dive after the lightsaber? I never noticed that before. Django's having a bad time. He's getting run yeah. over by this uh by this giant horned beast. Kills the beast. He one-shots the beast. Don't you think um Oh, Mace just with the no regard, man. Just straight like he just decapitated his, him. First of all, I thought he cut his hand off. But then his hand's there. He cut he cut the blaster out he of his hand. The blaster, I guess. Yeah, just cut his head off. <laughs> 3PO. The Super Battle Droids have such a cool design. Yeah, I like how momentarily you feel like, oh, the Jedi are actually going to win this. Yeah, and then they just get so overwhelmed. Kit Fisto with a smile. <laughs> See, this is how he gets his head back is because R2 goes and picks it up. True. I like it's smart how like Padme thinks to go hide inside the chariot. Yeah, because she obviously doesn't have a lightsaber to defend herself, so. And you get like a little hint of the duel of the fates in the background, too. It's like a variation on duel of the fates. Whoa, 
That's my favorite move, I think, is just the see, I don't mind Obi-Wan. I don't mind Obi-Wan's like hair like that when it's all crazy, but like when it's slicked back in the mullet is when I don't like it. Yeah, he just R2 just pops his head off. This is such a drag. <laughs> <laughs> oh he does but why do i not remember that i like forgot that he actually bolts his head back onto his original body i, I don't know why i just totally forgot that so uh <laughs> i guess they, they've lost the, <laughs> they've lost a few jedi along the way just a few it was like a hundred. Nah, I don't know. What do you say? There's like like maybe forty or fifty Jedi, and now there's like ten. Yeah. Here, Duke is giving his speech to the Jedi when all hope we think is lost. He says our lives will be spared. You know, it's a bull-faced lie. Oh, you could see a little bit of the green screen on the edge of Dooku's hair. Yeah. Never noticed that. The, the clone troop carriers are my favorite, one of my favorite ship designs. Yeah. I love it. I love with it. With the so giant much. with the giant laser shooting balls. Yeah. I love Je like uh Yoda being a like a general here. Yeah, he's like a he's like the point guard of <laughs> of the clone like attack. It's just completely wrecking shop. So what I always found interesting about episode two is the name of the movie is Attack of the Clones. But I had always like going into the movie, I had always thought like Attack of the Clones meant that the clones were the bad guys, which eventually, of course, they sort of became the bad guys. But might be a foreshadowing title. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's interesting how it's Attack of the Clones, but they're the ones attacking the bad guys. You know, like it sounds like a very aggressive title, but it's actually means the opposite, like that the clones are coming to the aid of the Jedi. Yeah, because I had always before the prequels, I had always assumed that the Clone Wars were the Jedi fighting the clones, not the clones fighting someone else. Yeah. <laughs> C-3PO saying he's had the most peculiar dream. There's the iconic shot of Boba holding holding the helmet and head of his father. Yeah, like how does his head not just fall out? We got the Jedi cruiser in the background, which is kind of the early version of a star destroyer i kind of like the jedi cruisers a little more i don't know what it is about them they yeah look very cool they have, like the, the way bridge. the spire yeah like the bridge looks a little different instead of the instead of the the wide bridge it's a longer bridge What we'll see here in a minute when they're battling on the field is a great CGI technique. It's not coming up. Oh, that you see the Death Star. Yep. So this is so the Geonosians actually developed 
the designs for the Death Star, which we find out here, which I thought is is it's so brilliant the way Palpatine is engineering everything. He's engineering everything. How the he he planned it so that the Death Star would be built either way. And yeah. uh, originally it's being built by the separatists. And so he could say, well, I didn't build this. The separatists built this. I don't know if you noticed, but Dooku- but then when the separatists lose, well, then he says, well, what am I going to do? Destroy it? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but Dooku said in that, in that chamber area, how did they come up with this army? How are the Jedi able to come up with this army? So it's one of those that maybe he's just faking that or, I don't know. I imagine he's faking because it, it was canonically written that he finished that commission order, but I don't know. Kind of confusing. So this is the kind of prologue training mission of Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original. And so yeah. it's always cool coming back to this after like having that be so iconic in that game. I love the giant ball things they have to blow up. Yeah, these like troop tanks. Super cool. You really do get the sense like this is a battlefield. Yeah. And I love the designs of the ATTEs. Do you think he knows Sidious is long, long game? Probably not, right? I think that he thinks he knows the full scope of the long game, but I don't think he knows. Yeah, right there. Like he says all of the facets. If if they find out what we're planning to build, we're doomed as he's taking away the data disk with the Death Star plans. Right. So I'm still I still don't quite know like Dooku knows that Sidious is Palpatine, right? Right. So it's strange how like Dooku is also kind of hoodwinking the separatists because he knows, but the separatists don't know. Yeah. Because if the separatists knew that Sidious was the chancellor, they would know that the war was fabricated. So it's a very intricate scheme and a very intricate lie, you know? Yeah. I love that these little pod transport things that are following Dooku almost look like singular pod versions of the uh, the the Cloud City trans yeah. transport things. All right, so coming up here soon, there's a there's a particular shot that's very impressive. I really love the fact that like the Trade Federation is so worried about getting like these are trade command ships essentially, and they have all the battle droids on them. I love the fact that they're like in such a rush to get them off world because that's like, that's their army. Also, it's pr- it's proof that they're involved in this plan. Right. Just... 
see that felt and sounded good. Like that was good, a good effect because it felt that had weight to it. Oh yeah, okay, it's coming up here with all this dust right here. This is a perfect CGI shot oh. because with all of this cloud and mist, like it's it looks phenomenal. Like yeah, you can like hide it, a lot of irregularities and, and the lighting of it is is yeah, you know, like the lighting coming through the smoke and the dust. That's the most impressive part is the lighting is the blaster bolts going through the dust. It's yep. like this is really good. Yeah, like the way that it, the the bolts light up the dust around them as they're flying. Yeah. It is crazy, like, Anakin really is willing to risk everything. Like, he's willing to risk the entire war. He even straight up says, I don't care. And I love how angry, not angry, but like how... He's having to suppress you know, his like, like, yeah, like, like Obi-Wan is so like Obi-Wan's like, like almost angry with him. Like, I need you. Like, I don't know. Like, he's trying to like, he's trying so hard to make Anakin realize like he needs Anakin. And you see Yoda there too. Yoda goes, hmm, like directly after that scene. So he's like feeling more and more that growing in Anakin. Like yeah. he's sensing it more and more. You know those two little pod things that were like flying behind them? Well, there goes the transport. They remind me of like, you know, in video games when you can like unlock a little thing that follows you around that helps you shoot in like a shoot 'em up kind of game. Yeah. It's like that reminds me of that. And we see the force lightning. So that's kind of a confirmation already. If you didn't know before. It's interesting he says Jedi powers and then shoots force lightning. Well, because he had them before he was a Sith. I know, but like lightning is usually a Sith technique, you know. I Especially like in, in Jedi Lost when... Uh, oh no, it was Master and Apprentice. It was the flashback when he uses the lightning to take out that bounty hunter. And even Qui-Gon just knows there's something wrong with that. What do you think about Dooku's hilt? Because I really like the curse. I, I love it. Like, it's probably one of the coolest sabers in the universe, in my opinion. Like, I always wanted them to do an actual, like, production of it for, like, a like an FX lightsaber. I thought they did. That Not an actual... Uh, they may have. No, you're right. They did do one run. One run, that was it. They didn't do it again. Probably because of manufacturing. The choreography of the scene, I really love. Like, it's obviously not Christopher Lee, but it's still good. It's still really good. Well, yeah, the way that they superimpose Christopher Lee onto the like his head onto the stunt actor is just so well done. And especially even more so in Revenge of the Sith. 
with all the flippies he's doing and everything. See, like seeing them fight together is really impressive because there's they're so alike. Yeah, and getting to see Anakin with two lightsabers is also pretty awesome. Well, for a minute. <laughs> yeah, for for a second. I love that. That's that when, was... so when Anakin cuts that that tubing thing in half, it very it reminds me almost of like Darth Maul, how Darth Maul would use his environment to kind of take things out. This scene is very reminiscent of Empire. Like in the dark, them fighting in yeah. the dark. Yep, yep, yep. Honestly, it reminds me a little more of the Return of the Jedi fight. Yeah, kind of. I can see that. Because they're more evenly matched. Because in Empire, Vader is clearly overmatched. There, Anakin lost his arm. Immediately knocked out due to the pain, probably. And Dooku is just like, man. Oh, here we go. The fact that Dooku extinguishes his lightsaber it's kind of like he doesn't even really want to kill them but he knows he kind of has to but then yoda obviously interrupts whatever intent he had there now what did you think when you first saw this yoda fight because i thought thought it was was a little silly back in the day yes it was but like especially after listening to duke to jedi lost like having the back and forth of yoda training him like oh yeah he was your master but like having that interaction kind of makes this fight seem like it means a little bit more right the fact that yoda was like yoda was actually dooku's direct master he wasn't just like a master of him as a youngling yeah like it's implied with obi-wan um i do really i really appreciate the fact that they do have a battle of the force first and then they're like well we're matched in the force so let's settle this with lightsabers yeah i love this part right here where he just like repulses it back. The lightning. And he just absorbs it. That's so cool. Which scene do you like better, this one or the fight versus Sidious? I think I actually like this one a little more. It feels a little more grounded. Yeah, I don't know why. I think there's not giant. There's not giant like discs being flown at each other. Yeah, I just feel like the environment fits better for like Yoda jumping off of stuff. Yeah, and I also feel like Dooku's sword style fits better because he's more of a traditional kind of like almost like a fencer yeah versus like Sidious's lightsaber style is just kind of strange and very like just jabby I feel like I feel like like Sidious almost wants to like joust more than he wants to swing his lightsaber yeah and so I feel like Dooku's style fits against Yoda a little more I think
There's Padme and the clones coming to the hangar. <clears throat> the Seren, the Serenian ship leaving. What is the ship called again? I it's love this cl- design. It's not Cloud Jumper, but it's something like that. Oh, it's so cool the way that the the way that the, the solar sail, sails the yeah. solar sail comes out. It's so awesome. I think Dooku's Dooku's ship is one of my favorites in the whole whole series. Ugh, Anakin's arms all gross and green. Obi Wan seems to be in more pain than Anakin does. <laughs> well, Anakin can't feel any pain because the arm's gone. <laughs> yeah. True, that's true. It's just it's just not there. That's cauterized. The, so. the solar sail going against the backdrop of Coruscant is really cool looking. I know too. it's just so cool, and like I love how it like it almost turns into liquid as it goes back into the ship. Coruscant is just such a cool design for a planet. Like when you see it in orbit and you see all like the giant circles and all the giant like like lanes and everything in it. Yeah, I really I like so we're going into the industrial district. Now I like how in the books it's starting to go into like the fact that like Palpatine owned part of the um maybe that was Plagueis again too. I don't remember. But like so Palpatine basically owns like parts of the industrial district and that's this is basically his like Darth hideout where when he's not the, the chancellor he's here. And it's also crazy how this is the first time in the whole movie that you see Sidious himself. Yeah. Because were there any I don't even remember cuz uh, you know the movie we just watched did we see any holograms of Sidious for the whole movie? No, not in this one. And now Coruscant is just a somber state right now. Yeah, it's very, very orange and it's like sunset. I love the contrast of like the Jedi being so like being not primitive, but they're very like minimalist. And then outside you see just the hustle and bustle and the, you know, the, the hyper technological kind of planet that is Coruscant. And you see Yoda is like in this room. There's not even any chairs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yoda is full of torment right now. You can see it. Like he's, he's upset with what he just had to deal with, which is cool. And here's Yoda telling Obi-Wan it wasn't a victory. It's one of those Peter Griffin things where he's like, he said it, he said it. (laughs) Become the Clone Wars ass. I love this shot of the clones amassing and the ships taking off. Did you hear that little Game of Thrones kind of note in there? It was like, yeah, like obviously this is long before that. And the foreshadowing the music here. Yeah, we finally get the Imperial March in full. It's the Imperial March out in the open in Star Wars. This is almost like a like a um, like a Saruman and Isengard type shot. Yeah. With Palpatine staring over his armies. 
So did they just have these giant Jedi cruisers just ready to go? Or did Camino supply those? I have magic. You get the little little fist punch down like Bill Organa's failed. Yeah. I love, 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 love how the only witnesses to their wedding, aside from the guy actually doing the ceremony, are C-3PO and R2-D2. And there's his robot hand for the first time. Like it really does feed into the the idea that George had where like the droids are the ones telling the story. Like the fact that they are the only ones there to witness this wedding. George, honestly, like he I don't I feel I feel like he doesn't deserve a lot of the hate that he gets. Most most certainly, I don't believe so. Like he, I like he is a master. Like I don't know if I'd say mastercraft at storytelling, but it's really good. This all, this whole movie came from his brain. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all made up. <laughs> and if you look past the fact that yeah, it doesn't fit in line with what the original trilogy was, sure. But it's not like it's based on anything other than just what came out of his head. All of yeah. the, all of the droids, all of the the designs. I mean, obviously, he didn't come up with the. the design the you know the minute designs but i mean he had to t- tell a designer to come up with something you know like i don't know I, I just i really wish that george would be appreciated more than he is by some sects of people i know there's a lot yeah. of people that still really appreciate george lucas but I, I that's why i feel like i go to the prequels more because i just love the visions he had yeah and i wish that he, and i love the fact that he got to expand on that in the clone wars but i do wish we could have seen what his sequel trilogy would have been yeah like go like going back to Coruscant real quick because there was a thought that i was going to say i'm with you and much how much i love Coruscant. i hate the fact that in the sequel trilogy though like it's just destroyed. ignore that it yeah no i know it's destroyed like that's they not- destroy it yeah Mm, oh you're talking in force awakens that's not coruscant that's not you know coruscant. better you know better than this come on it's hosnian prime <sighs> it looks um, like i'm disappointed in you that's hosnian prime i thought you knew that <sighs> yeah that one didn't like whenever it shows that scene i'm like oh that looks like coruscant yeah i think it was made to look like coruscant but no it was hosnian prime because the republic it the new republic moves from system to system after so many years for that reason i mean obviously they didn't right. anticipate the planet blowing up but you know for for the reason of you know it's never the thing that tricks my mind is that that shot that we see in the force awakens is very reminiscent of this this shot in uh the re-release of return of the jedi of uh, the celebration because that was on coruscant wasn't it? wasn't it that one shot whenever they're like doing the fireworks and stuff that was Coruscant, wasn't it? In Return of the Jedi? Yes. yes. Like in the re-release? That, okay, that so was Coruscant. Those shots look similar in like some, some of the architecture that they showed. So that's what tricks my brain in thinking that. Also, I was incorrect. It said editor and sound designer Ben Burt. So yes, Ben Burt did do these for... It wasn't just him. It was him and his team, obviously. But I know like after these, like he wasn't the the main person on the on the Star Wars movies. But um, yeah, so we're we're you know we're at the we're at the credits um yeah i mean i i don't i feel like i like this movie more with all of the other ancillary stuff and content like going back to the clone wars and all the other stuff that's like, fair 
So, so like it helps to it helps to color it and fill in some of the blanks. And- yeah, I still don't know where I stand with it in terms of in a ranking sense, because there's a part of me that wants to put it above Phantom, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, see, I just I don't. don't I just I, like I see a lot of people ranking movies all the time, and I just don't have a desire to rank them. Yeah, you know, like I just I I could put on any one at any time, and I'll be sucked into it. I, I just don't exactly. I just yeah. don't, I'm like I understand like people's desire to rank things because it's just fun to rank things, but I just don't need to. You know, there is and, and, and it's kind of similar to how I am with the Lord of the Rings and um, and like Harry Potter and stuff. It's like. Usually I just watch them in order unless I have a specific reason for wanting to watch one individually. Yeah, so it's like I, ranking I them that. is weird to me when it's like I just watch them in order. That is true, because that's that because that is one series except for The Hobbit that I won't rank. You know, like, but I get what you're saying is like, there's, there's a lot of times like Twin Towers is the one that I want to go back to every single time, but I feel lost in a sense if I don't watch Fellowship, but I'm like, God, I really want to see Helm's Deep. And so then I'll just look up the Battle of Helm's Deep. But, um, there's, yeah, I love the first two hours of Fellowship. <laughs> that's yeah. like, like, that's my favorite part is because it was so peaceful and like, so, it's just so fun. And so like, ha- like happy go lucky kind of, except for the fact that they're getting chased by it. They're not school, but whatever. So speaking of of going back to Star Wars, there is one piece of uh, fiction. There is one piece of Star Wars that is that was deemed non-canon, but I still, no matter what, will always be like, nope, I still believe in that. And that is the original Clone Wars animated like miniseries. The Gendy Tartakovsky series. Yes. I that is one of my like I love the Clone Wars, but I honestly love that better just be like it's just it's so good but what makes me think about that is is uh anakin's first hand first robot hand it's very reminiscent um in the in that series but yeah that that's one that i will like i haven't watched it forever but like i'll put it on and immediately get sucked in and fall in love i I love it so much now i have a question for you Mm -hmm. going through jedi lost really made me sympathetic to dooku until the end until the end until the end and you're like oh this guy Um, is a jerk but do you think that listening to jedi lost and getting the actual canonical backstory for dooku made you feel about his character in a different way than you had just watching the movie previously i guess i mean i i always felt like the character kind of felt right to me like i always thought like okay that's something dooku would do maybe when he was younger i feel like i have a better understanding of his motivations and why he's doing the things he's doing yeah because i can see that but that's that's the biggest takeaway i have from from this uh back to back with jedi lost is seeing the parallels between him and anakin like that's the thing that i'm enjoy i've i enjoyed the most was seeing that and i'm like oh my god they're like one for one one for one almost so similar <clears throat> but obviously one came out on top. <laughs> um, that's another thing I really enjoy about the Clone Wars animated series is that going from episode two to episode three, it felt it felt like Dooku just got punked, you know, because it's like yeah. at the very beginning of episode three, Dooku just got punked. But you see the Clone Wars and you fill in all the gaps. And it's like, oh, OK, that makes sense, which makes me excited to see what they're going to do for season seven. Which, when do we have a release date for that yet? For season seven of what? I'm sorry. The Clone Wars. Oh, duh. Um, I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> I like went to the PlayStation dashboard to like close the disc and I like got distracted. Um, I 
think that it's going to drop with the launch of Disney Plus. I think it's coming out for Disney Plus, isn't it? I don't know if the whole season is going to launch, but I think the first episode at least should be launching with it. I think the Mandalorian is the one that's going to be going to be like piecemealed out. Mm. Okay. So, uh, all right. So why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? What are your final thoughts on Attack of the Clones now that we've finished the rewatch? Um, so again, I don't know where it stands with me in terms of other Star Wars movies. So that's the that's the most difficult situation I'm in where I'm like, I did enjoy it more, but I think that's my that's my definitive thoughts is I enjoy this movie more having seen what I have of Clone Wars, having seen what I seen and listened to what I have in like not canonical novels and things like that. Like those pieces of content made me enjoy this movie more. You know, looking at it in a vacuum like that aside, it still probably would would be one of my lesser favorite Star Wars movies. Um, but but for for me personally, again, looking in the prequel trilogy, I don't know where it stands because the because Revenge of the Sith is still my favorite. It's still one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Period. Revenge of the Sith is so it's one of those that I remember when I rewatched the series not too long ago or like 2015. Um, I had loved Empire. Empire was my favorite. And then I saw Return again and I was like, oh, I really enjoyed Return. I really loved Return of the Jedi. And so that was a bigger debate of like, which one do I love more? You know, so it's kind of the same, same similar situation since we just had watched uh, Phantom Menace and this. I still feel like I like Phantom Menace more um, because I feel like it's more important. You know, I feel like this one's good because Despite the fact that this literally kicking off the Clone Wars. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like it was more important in the Skywalker saga. You know, because okay. All right. you know, whereas this one, of course, had a lot more action. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely not my least favorite Star Wars movie anymore. Probably it's <laughs> for a minute I was like, I think I like The Last Jedi more, but now I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean The Last Jedi kind of goes down in my rankings every time I watch it. There's things that I really enjoyed about that movie, but it's, yeah, it's like I said, I, I, I don't even really want to judge it until Rise of Skywalker's out. Cause I want to see what the end result is. Right. Right. So, all right, well, that's going to do it. So uh, next week I, I really want to get to, maybe we can do a Jedi lost and master and apprentice kind of spoiler cast in one. Cause they do kind of not directly tie into each other, but they kind of, have similarities between each other yeah they're very they're very close and in, in in um they're close to release definitely but also close in terms of like they complement each other right yeah so maybe we'll do two in one for the next episode uh because i'm still kind of going back through master and apprentice just to kind of refresh my memory because some i kind of had some parts of it where i kind of like just didn't process right so i'm going back through it again um and then you just finished Dooku Jedi Lost, which uh, I really thought was a really fun, fun kind of uh, experience because yeah, of the way it, that it was full, uh, the full cast. Yeah, it really was. And I actually went to go restart Alliances yesterday and I just honestly wasn't in the mood. <laughs> a couple things. I wasn't in the mood for it. So I kind of had to cut it off because I wasn't paying attention. But also having just coming off of Jedi Lost being a six hour like play, basically to Alliances being a 13 hour novel. I'm like, 
okay, let me give this a break for a minute and go back into yeah. it. Yeah, you kind of have to like, you have to give yourself a couple of days and be like, all right, let me get back into the mindset of an actual novel instead of an audio drama. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that is going to do it. Uh, you can write into us at hello there podcast at gmail.com if you have any uh, anything that you would like to talk to us about or uh, we'll talk about on the show or you have any questions or uh, you know anything you just want us to talk about on the show or the Twitter account which I think we still have access to yeah I don't know if I'm even logged into that anymore <laughs> but if you are running it then uh, you can just, uh, I believe it's just at hello there pod right yeah hello there, yeah I think it's, I yeah at hello there pod uh, we really need to post this to like our slash prequel memes one day because I feel like like hello there as a meme is like literally the main thing that they do and I feel like just the fact that we got the name of the podcast yeah how is there not how is there not a podcast named hello there before us I have no I I remember uh, like this is a little behind the scenes when we were trying to come up with this we were like what's a good we would come up with these ideas and like oh someone's already taken that and I remember sitting there thinking I was looking at that meme and I was like what about hello there and we were like oh yeah that's perfect and then no one else had taken that yeah i just like i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe no one had taken it especially with it being such a big meme so uh but yeah so we'll see you all next week we'll be talking about some uh jedi and novels or star wars novels i guess jedi lost <laughs> the name of the novel so uh, we'll be talking about that and uh and then from there i don't, I don't know uh, we'll, we'll see where we go from there maybe uh i, I know thrawn treason's coming out soon so of course we'll be talking about that probably in august because it comes out end of july um so maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll do some more, uh, some more delving into uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker theories. Maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll see where we, where it goes. But um, yeah, we'll catch you all next week, and may the force be with you. Hello there.